Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast number 57. You're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. This is George the Bone King speaking, and I'm joined by... And I'm here to take back from the hostile takeover. Oh, she's of returned. I'm here. Our it's guardian. Adrian, the masterful dude of Dooneyless, the face that runs the place, the host with the most, with the most grand dose. Oh, How my. you doing? Oh, my God. Fucking, I creamed. Jesus Christ. That was amazing. What a, what a triumphant return. Jesus Christ, a guy goes out of town on vacation, you bring another guy in here, and he starts taking over the fucking place? He was providing what you couldn't, dude! (laughs) Dialogue about Persona! (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so welcome back. How was your trip, the dude? Where'd you go? What'd you see? So, I was on vacation. Originally, I was gonna go to Atlanta for Dragon Con, but that shit went virtual. So instead, I talked to my friend who was like, hey, why don't you come over here? And I went to North Carolina. I got to tell you, man, uh, it was refreshing to be out in the trees and the forest. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. But at any moment, I thought a Cerebrus was going to come out. Oh, Jesus Christ. The forest, (laughs) full of those creatures. Uh, Ouch. (laughs) But uh, no, I must have... Goddamn. <laughs> it must have been nice to get away from all the, you know, the hustle the and Miami- bustle. Miamians. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't going to get specific, but I was basically going to say to be out there in the rural area as opposed to fucking busy area full of COVID. I, I, I also want to say they don't give a fuck about COVID. Well, first of all, they don't care about the mask. Yeek. They don't care about any of that shit, but they do really good mac and cheese. The mac and cheese in the South is legit. Anyway. <laughs> so we got recents. Yeah. So before we get into that, let's go ahead and get into our recents. Um, Please, you, you first, because I have a lot. Wow. Okay. I do have a good amount, but I'll go ahead and, and burn through them as fast as I can. Um, so I'll go ahead and start out with my TV. Let's do it. Let's go for it. So first things first, I was starting to watch one show, and it's actually a show you were watching as well. And I'm wondering if we're going to end up talking about the same thing. But in any case, I ended up seeing Cobra Kai. Um, I didn't see the whole thing yet. I'm like literally towards the end, I think. There are only a few more episodes left. How many, is there another season? or? There's two seasons. There's two seasons. Right now. They're they're about to do the third. Okay. All right. Well, I got I got pretty far in it. I do like it a lot. It, it's It makes its main character. like he, He's an asshole. 100% through and through. And I don't know if you want to just jump in and talk about Cobra Kai. Since, since you have such a yeah, big one, you might as well. Yeah, it's so in my recent. You might as well. Just talk about what you wait, want wait, to Wait, wait, wait. But... Are you watching season two as well, or did yeah, you? Yeah, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna continue watching it. I do like no, it. No, much. no, but where did you leave off? Well, we're not gonna do any spoilers anyway. Okay, but just tell me which season you're in. Okay, Bone. I don't know the exact. I watch them all in a fucking row, so I never really see the episode. But it's because uh... he does get some growth. Yes, we're talking about Johnny Lawrence, right? Yes. The the blonde guy. The blonde guy. Yes. The loser. <laughs> I'm talking about the blonde dude who thinks that women have brittle bones and can't do kung fu. Yeah. He's he an go- asshole. <laughs> yeah, he is, but he goes through character growth. That's no, what I've, we call development. It's an arc. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And see, that's why I kind of like this show, where if you just had this main character and he was a douchebag for douchebag's sake, it, it, and kind of just, oh, he's so cool because he's an asshole, like, I wouldn't have stuck with it. But no, the, the world obviously takes his shitty attitude and just spits it right back at him. And he's right, like, like, uh. like <laughs> Dude, you're fucking wrong. No, women are women can't. Do, no, that's sexist. You want to go? You want to go and, and hook up with those chicks? Chicks love karate, my dude. You should totally check it out. Yeah. Well, how about I just try going up to them and talking to them? All right. See you later, loser. <laughs> it's like, oh, fucking ouch. 
he, they're so right. The modern generation does not give a shit. So what what I like about the show, and I finished mm. it. I binged the shit out of it. Nice. Um, it's a bit soap opera for my taste, but the choreography is really good. The fighting oh. choreography is pretty good. Yeah. Holy shit. I wanted to make special note of that. They actually show the fighting in this goddamn show. Yeah, it's actually really good. It's not quick cuts. It shows you the fight. The camera is not, you know, having a seizure at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I do have some issues. Every fucking episode, there's like a montage or every other episode, there's a montage. Was there? I don't remember there being. I mean, mm. I get it. You're the 80s and a lot of the shit is centered on the 80s. But fuck me, man. There's a lot of montages. Are you talking about the callbacks to the original like karate no, no, kid no, no. that they There's do? Because just... they do that. No, 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 no. I know. I know. I know callbacks. Yeah. But did we need a montage of cleaning the dojo <laughs> and then training and then another one cleaning the dojo? It's because. And then training. It's what and then karate kid did. Okay, but like every other episode, Bone King. Yes, every other because every episode has to be the Karate Kid movie in its entirety. No, but but you're so right in the sense that it is kind of a soap opera. There's a lot of oh, but they could have settled all this if they talked, kind of thing. Where it's oh, they don't know, so don't say this. You know, it. I don't know. It's yeah, a lot that, of drama, it, but um, overall, it's a good watch. I think. But it feels like the reason why I think I like it a lot is it feels like a modern '80s movie without trying so hard to be like, "Oh, we're '80s. Look how '80s we are." Yeah, it's yeah. Just, there's no Pac-Man. No, there's no like heavy-handed <laughs> reference to Pac-Man or fucking Blue Oyster Cult playing in the background or right, some shit. It's, it's just like. There's it's, music like oh, put on some Guns and Roses. They and reference stuff. his favorite bands because it's his favorite bands, but but like. It still hits the same story beats as a feel-good, wholesome '80s movie like that. Like, yeah, you know, a family movie? Question mark. Would you say this is family-oriented? Yeah, no. I'd show I, my kid it though, to be honest. No, there's a there's a couple curse words, but if my kid's okay with it. When know. I was a kid, I, I'd like. Yeah, I, that's the thing, though. I can't when you say were a cool. tiny bone. When I was when I was the smallest bone, I saw I played Mortal Kombat. So one of the things I want to point out: season one, mm-hmm. both seasons are done by. Uh, produced by Sony Pictures. Right. So the first season, uh, the little brother is playing a PS Vita. And yeah. I was like, in 2018, my, you're bold playing a Vita. And he was playing Tekken. He was on playing the- Tek- but did you hear what he said after his dad takes away the Vita? He's like, Alexa, buy me another Vita. I'm like, fucking good luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I'll just buy another one. Really? Just, all right. They and, discontinued and, that shit. And I want to say, for season two, I thought it was hysterical. You see him playing a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah. It's a, he's just he's a gamer while also being a little shit that I yeah. just hated so much. I'm just I'm just happy to see the Vita in 2018. <laughs> I know. It was so bizarre. It was like, what what if the Vita succeeded and the 3DS <laughs> failed? And this is the alternate universe, and that's the Karate Kid universe or the Cobra Kai universe, as we'll say now. I guess. But um I it's interesting because as I'm watching it, I'm waiting for him to make that distinctive moment of I want to be I want to continue Cobra Kai like I've seen him do, but make that difference between his Cobra Kai and the Cobra Kai from Karate Kid with his abusive ass teacher. Cuz he says I'm not him, but he doesn't from what I've seen so far and I'm guessing they'll go more into it. They do. Good, because really they need to make that clear line on why he's a hard ass teacher. But he's not the abusive asshole that he was taught right. by. 
know Which what I mean? also, I want to talk about, there's a good subtle thing in Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a reaction review to Cobra Kai. but No, but this is re- it was really good. I'm telling you, there's a lot to talk about with it. They really handle trauma from from youth growing up, like stuff like that. I think they handle that very well. Because yeah. the main character has a lot of trauma from the Karate Kid. Like he associates losing and ev- and his rejection from his teacher. And you see a lot of that later on, mm-hmm. particularly in the second season. You see a lot of that in the parallels between the two characters, mm-hmm. uh, Danny LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. You see just how they dealt with with what they had in the past mm. and how they're growing. They're finally growing after 30 years. They're growing. And there's still, there's a lot more growing to be done as well. Because of course, because this is a soap opera and you always need more show. Yeah. There needs to be a turning point every five seconds. Um, but yeah, no, um, I, I, then there, there's interesting different, like retellings of events that happened in karate kid. Like how Ma- Machio kind of like sees him being pushed off the the mountain is like I got pushed off a cliff and it's like an ongoing thing and his family just groans yeah we know he pushed he pushed you off the fucking mountain it's a hill it was a hill and, <laughs> uh, and he's like no 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 you weren't there <laughs> you weren't there it, it's pretty it's fun it's 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 good wholesome fun one last thing the thing that makes me super happy is that there are two of the kid actors the mm. the the teenagers um. There's a uh, boy and a girl friendship that's blossoming, and I love it. Oh, a platonic friendship. Platonic. There we go. It's yeah. a super platonic friendship, and I hope that stays. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know where that goes, if anything, but but there but there is romance. There, there's, there, a, there's a shitload of romance, I was but about I'm just to saying say, I don't want uh, my platonic friendships to be ruined. I right. like that. I like that because- I'm tired of the, the the stereotype of the guy likes this girl, but he's friends with her. Or the girl likes the guy, but she's friends with him. Or, or you could just even take it down to Resident Evil's level, where a man and a woman were in a game together. LOL, there must be soulmates. Like, that's what people talk about. But Chris and Jill are kind of just friends. Oh, oh, see, I thought it was Claire and Leon. Oh, well, that that too. And that's why they brought it up in the fucking remake at the end. Oh, we just met. And, that's, that's, and they look directly at the camera, and they're like, we met just tonight, you weirdos. Yeah, and then they go Claire back and talk to Sherry. Yeah, well, you know, Sher- Claire knows. You got a key in one of those fancy pockets? You know, surviving. Fucking, she this knows what she likes. This is going to be a two-hour fucking show. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but Cobra Kai was great. Highly recommend it. The other thing I was watching on TV, wow, this is just my TV, um, was a near um, Let's Play from Super Best Friends. Uh, Super Best Friends is no longer making new content, but that will not stop me from watching their old content. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like their near playthrough. If you don't know anything about near the first one, I highly recommend checking it out. They go through all pretty much the major points and anything that you'd want to see. And it's all first time. It's a first time playthrough for one of them because it's two guys that are playing through it. Um, Liam and Pat. Pat's first time playthrough and Liam loves this game to death. So it's like you get both of those interactions. like Kind of like what we do here on the show when we talk about a game, you know? So... Okay, but they're playing near each one's taking turns, or just... I think Pat's playing the majority, but they have taken turns. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Are they far? Yeah. Well, they beat the game. What do you mean? Are they far? But this wherever old, are you are. Just get out of here, near, and, No, fuck far, you. Fuck you. Near is a great game. Wherever you are. Oh, it burns. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Moving on. Movies. 
Um, so I saw Bill and Ted's Excellent and Bogus Adventure. Excellent! Oh, you so you saw the first two. You didn't see Face the Music. No, see, I didn't even know the third one was out yet. Oh, yeah, it's out. Yeah, it's out. So what, what do you think of Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey? I liked it a lot if you just, well, you, okay, the bone butt. Obviously, you got to, like, kind of not think too much about bone it. Bone butt TM. T, oh, my God, trademark. Oh, my yeah. God, copyright. We'll just do all of them. But in any case, um, fucking, I, I liked Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It had, like, a nice through line of them getting historical figures to do their history project. I did not expect them to bring all of them into the class. Mm-hmm. And instead of just asking them about it and then remembering for their book report, it's this whole they, other They can't room. remember shit. They can't right. remember shit, so they just bring everyone from the past. Right, right, right. It, it did a good job. I thought that movie was fun. Um, it's it's kind of creepy how they just ignore Doom timelines. Like, that that was my one bone butt. It's just like, remember a trash can, and then the trash can falls and stuff. And it's like, all right, but you do realize that the timeline that you thought about doing the trash can is failed. You got royally screwed over and or killed, and don't even think about it. Just move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. not it's not good. In that regard, just move on, and you'll have a great time. However, the second one was so off the rails, I, I it was pretty much Bill and Ted's Shin Megami Tensai adventure. <laughs> that, that's how Vinny and I were looking at it, because I saw it with Leisurely Vinny, actually. We did a double feature. And it was like, it started out like, oh, man, I got to pay my dad back. Oh, man, our girlfriends think we're total losers. Okay, now we're dead. Okay, now we got to fucking get out of, of the uh, spirit hell? world. Then, the, then hell, then heaven, then back on Earth again to get revenge on robots versions of themselves. The best the best part for me for Bogus Journey is beating death in so many different board games. Oh, my God. And death cannot handle the loss. I have never said the, the, the stupid phrase, oh, so-and-so is my spirit animal, but I have I have so fucking related to death in that movie so fucking hard. He's such Two an awkward... out of three, and they whip out Battleship. He's such an <laughs> you awkward... You sunk my Battleship. He's such an awkward little shit. I love him so much. But as I want to just sort of end this out, the second one, Bogus Adventure, just does its own thing entirely. Ends up talking about shadow versions of themselves, dealing and talking with God and Satan and fight. They literally do a Silent Hill thing where yeah. they live through their nightmares at a certain point. And it's like, uh, what is this movie? <laughs> So I recommend that one. I like it a lot. I like both. I think yeah. both are good. And I think the third one, I'm really excited to watch it, but I want to watch the first two again. Yeah. It's been a long time since I saw the first two. I have a feeling Vinny and I are going to watch the third one together. And I mean, hey, you're welcome to join us 100%. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And Let then me know. we're thinking of doing um like a reaction review of it. Oh, I'd be down. We were just going to do one and two, but they were like, oh, shit, three is out. So we'll probably do that later. Anyway, moving on. Um, Games that I played. So I ended up playing Resident Evil Code Veronica. Yes! Yes, on the stream. So happy. Much to the dude's joy. Did you finish? No, no. Did you it, finish Claire? No. I, well, okay. You know what? Buy me dinner first, buddy, before you ask if I finished. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I, I ended up, unfortunately, not being able to play as long as I usually do on my streams. But I will be returning. It was mainly just getting to Alfred's area in, in Code Veronica. <laughs> Claire Redfield, you're so silly. How dare you try to take over my island? Well, you must not be so important if you're in this backwater place like this. Unacceptable! 
okay, so watch Legendary Frogs Flash Cartoon on, on Code Veronica because it has forever colored my perception on what Alfred sounds like. <laughs> Do you like the gameplay? So, I haven't played Code Veronica in a very, very long time. So it was kind of like my Resident Evil 3 stream where it was almost a first-time playthrough, but not. Claire is so fast... She's just so fidgety and she could just switch through animation so quick. There was this ongoing joke in my stream that she was just on like 50 different kinds of drugs. She was just, she was either on shrooms or meth or crack and it was just like, you won't stop me from getting to all your crack, Alfred. But the game for me is relatively easy because the knife is broken as that's, fuck in That's the, the best part, like the best weapon so far because the, the, the enemies are way more aggressive than I find usually and, and it's hard to run around zombies in Code Veronica for whatever reason. I feel like they have a wider hitbox. Not only that but there's so many. That, that's what I'm saying. There's so much more aggressive with how many placements there are and shit. Yeah. yeah. And they just you can't, spawn them in. You can't do a no hit run with that cemetery in the very beginning. You cannot. You can and I'll tell you how. You don't go to the fucking briefcase when you think you're supposed to. Because I think it tricks a lot of people where the briefcase comes out and you're like, oh shit, I gotta go pick that up. And then when you go to it, it's like, ah, fire, uh, and you have to go get the fire extinguisher later on in the fucking map. So it's like, no, run away from all the graveyard zombies. Like, literally just run past the one that's beyond you and the door out of there and just never come back until you get the fire extinguisher. I did not do this, and I killed every zombie before I was like, all right, I need to get this flame shit. And I was like, okay, no, oops, I guess I killed all these zombies for no reason. Went to go get the fire extinguisher, came back, four zombies spawned in the room. <laughs> so I, I Are no you using the gun more or using a knife? Um, They give you so many fucking handgun uh, bullets in fucking Code Veronica. They do. It's crazy. I feel like you just... I, I never really run out of ammo in Code Veronica. However, there's no damn uh, um difficulty option. When you play Code Veronica, no, it just starts isn't. you off on whatever it is. It's normal, allegedly. And if you watch Bone King TV, I always pick hard mode first run. You do. So, yeah. You do. I saw your dead aim playthrough. Yeah. So which I I'm just, super proud. Thank you. And I, I'm yeah. so happy. It was it was a lot of fun. I highly I also, recommend it. Also, why the fuck are you talking shit about Fei Long? Leave her alone. If she wants to run that way, she can run that way. First off, Fong Ling is a fantastic character in the oh, sense I that she does it. Was it. Long. I know, and I, I said it multiple times in the playthrough just because I'm terrible and I just didn't remember her name correctly. But um, no, Fong Ling, I like Fong Ling a lot because she's she's an agent like the the femme fatale without trying so damn hard to the point where you're wearing an, an evening gown to your mission in fucking <coughs> Spain. Hey, know the agent. I, I can't, I, all of them. I felt like that, it was a nice toned down thing. In any case, Code Veronica is going to be a lot of fun, I feel. Um, I was trying to decide whether to do Code Veronica X or Code Veronica. Um, and I found out the major difference is that they use different filters. So like, uh, X has like, like a greenish filter to make it look more modern, which honestly I'm not a big fan of. I kind of like the classic one. However, there was one feature on X that I just could not, stand by and I needed to, to play this one because of it. Code Veronica X was literally made to add more Wesker fan service. Yeah. So there are two scenes where Wesker shows up previously in the original release of Code Veronica that they extended to make him look way cooler, you guys. 
Like, the I, I only played Code Veronica X my entire life, so I had no idea. And I thought Code Veronica was super silly with how they did this shit with Wesker. How, like, you have this entire game of Claire being a badass, and then, oops, she got kidnapped by Wesker right at the end. <laughs> I have your hair, Claire. Like, it's just so creepy. He doesn't do that. He grabs her by the ponytail. Okay, yes, but he doesn't he holds keep her the hair. No, I know, but he grabs her, and my joke is he grabs her by the hair like a creep. But, right. like, the whole, like, Claire Redfield, this is quite the most fantastic shampoo I smell. Oh, what the hell? Chris, get this guy off me. He's worse it than any zombie. It smells like herbal essences, Chris. <laughs> Do I detect a hint of color 4962? <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> <laughs> knew I shouldn't have injected myself with plant DNA. <laughs> but in any case, um, but yeah, that whole scene of Chris like stopping Wesker was added for Code Veronica X. So me being me, I'm like, I can't miss out an excuse to make fun of Wesker fan service. So I'm playing Code Veronica X. I just love almost everything about him. <laughs> <laughs> I love and hate him. Come on. No, I love, there's no hate. There is some hate with me, but I love him and hate him. No, no, no. But you have to understand he's been like that since director's cut. No. Think about it, bro. Who else just slicks back the hair during the cast intro? Like, and just crosses his arms. He was, he was a charismatic fuck, but he wasn't a cartoon villain. And as much as I love RE5 Wesker, like, he is a cartoon villain. He's more comic booky than most of the comic books you have me read, Adrian. <laughs> Question, does DC Douglas voice him in Veronica? Um, no. I think he still has his American accent in Code Veronica. Oh, oh also, major change between Code Veronica and Code Veronica X, Steve's hair. He apparently- No matter to, the hair, he's fucking terrible. He used to have a, a Leonardo DiCaprio haircut, and then mm -hmm. they give him like an emo swish over where he's like a hipster now. Wait, wait, don't shoot! Steve comes up with the idea. He's fucking around on the computer looking at details about Claire, like a total creepazoid. And Claire's like, oh, hey, an internet connection. Awesome. Let me find out information about this place. And then Steve's like, why don't you try calling for help or something? Hey, that's They'll a great idea. They'll only just let you down. That's a great idea. Let me message Leon, of all people. <laughs> to Let me message Leon to message Chris for help. Not anyone else for help. Not the authorities, but Leon to chain to Chris. And then Steve's like, no way. I was just kidding. Let's just wait here. They'll just let you down. He's such a Also, the tool. obligatory ass. <sighs> He's the ass shot for Redfield, for, for Claire Redfield. Oh, that, yeah. The obligatory. Like, super obvious. To the point, it's a staple in every re-release of Code Veronica that they have to recreate the scene. Yeah. I mean, what I mean is Dark Side Chronicles that yeah. ended up doing it. But Just anyway. every ass shot you can get of Claire. Yes. I'll put it in the game. Maximize your assets. Uh. Um, anyway, so those are all my reasons. I'm so sorry for how long that took. Uh, I'm shocked it did. But yeah. I'll, I'll try to be fast now. Yeah, no worries. So, movies. I saw Child's Play reboot. The one with oh Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. I okay. heard it was okay, actually. I heard it was really good. Um, they took the magic mysticism from the originals and made it into a modern... It was the app thing. Yeah, yeah. robot killer thing. I don't hate it because it fits with toys. You with know what I mean? subtle jabs at how interconnected technology is. These are all just my notes. No, right, but it did still have supernatural elements of the fact of a really pissed off worker that was just like, I'm going to devote all my negative energy into this thing. That's the supernatural element that stayed. <laughs> 
I guess Aubrey Plaza was pretty good for what she was given. She she's, barely had anything her. from she's what so I remember. Great. She's great. Mark Hamill did his best on a creepy voice and it felt genuine. Yeah. Uh, akin to Brad Dourif's character, which I feel is 100% more menacing. Like the original Chucky voice, there was like particular glee in how evil he was. Well, he wasn't being a doll at that point. He was just that asshole possessing the doll. You know yeah. what I mean? He still acted like himself. Uh, there were pretty good kills. I really enjoyed some of the kills. Uh, yeah. There was a particular fat guy that died that I thought was really good. Uh, the kid actors were decent. Not season four of The Wire, but all right. That's only for some people to get it. Mm. Uh, some jokes landed. Others didn't. Much like what I just said. A uh, decent watch if you're a fan of the series, but nothing to write home about. I gave it a six out of ten. Nice. I also saw Overlord. Do you know what that is? I know the game Overlord. There's a game? Yeah, it's where you, you command the little minions and they're like little goblin dudes. There's two of them. Well, this is a movie. Um, it's a World War II movie. Oh, I've heard of this too, actually. Go yeah, ahead. it was uh, produced by J.J. Abrams. It's a mix of Wolfenstein slash Resident Evil because there's like a really uh, interesting take on zombies in it. Okay. All right. I'm not spoiling anything. There's some really fun cinematography. Like I really enjoyed how the camera moved in the in the movie. Nice. And I love long takes and it had some great pans as well. Like whoever the, the director of photography was on. Uh, the cinematography director. Yeah. Well, it's. DP, director of photography. Yeah, master of DP. So they called me on every Thursday night, you know. Got it. Got it. Uh, there were great effects. There was actually <laughs> some <laughs> really good practical effects. Uh-huh. Uh, it was an overall fun movie. I The soundtrack could have been a little better, I feel. It was well casted. I give it a an 8 out of 10. Okay. The issues I had were some of the characters feel one-dimensional. But again, there's only so much movie you have to explore these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't really have a lot of depth, but the second act also tried to be uh, tense, but it comes to a screeching halt due to like how fast and how heavy the first act is. Hmm. Uh, I watched Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It was okay. It wasn't that funny. Maybe I'm not the target audience anymore, but I remember loving the original uh, Strike Back, but reboot... Pretty much hits the same notes as a standard Kevin Smith movie. I just, I don't know. It, I, I really kind of want to ask you, like, what's that one thing you feel like is missing? But I, that might be a hard question. For what? Reboot? For yeah. For Jay reboot. and Silent Bob? Yeah. I don't know. It's probably me, man. Uh, I, I honestly think it's me. Like, maybe I've changed or maybe I've become more jaded and I'm not enjoying it that much. But there was a lot of love for his filmography. He put a lot of nods to what... His past, he brought in a lot of people from his past. There were some jokes that were like, holy fuck, that was great. Um, he got back together with Ben Affleck. They used to have a huge fight, and now mm. they're friends again. Nice. And Ben Affleck was there, and he and he was doing a parallel, talking about, you know, when you get a kid, you know, then you realize you're not Bruce Wayne anymore. You're Thomas Wayne. Oh, God. Or Batman's mom, whose name escapes me, and he looks dead into oh, the God. fucking camera. Oh, God. And I was like, that is so fucking good. <laughs> I, I fucking love that. Uh, there were a lot of good things there. Like, even even some people were like, Bloodman and Chronic, that really shitty movie from 2001, 
who the fuck would pay to see that? And everybody turns to the camera and it's just great. Oh, my God. So they actually do like office shots like the office where they just. Yeah, look but at they the did camera. it before the office did it. Mm, yeah, OK. Yeah, because Strike Back did the same joke as well. Oh, did, OK, then never mind. <laughs> when I was in North Carolina, Vianney, uh, my best friend, showed me Parasite, mm. which is an anime. And I know Bone King's going to say it. Yes, they're in high school. Oh, oh my God! Mm. What? They're in hi- what? How unique! Oh my gosh, I've never seen this before. My God, I hope that they but do I something with it. But I don't think it's shonen because the material was like really adult. Um, the story is basically these paras. It's like invasion of the body snatchers, but it- anime. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. And this one character gets this alien infected in his arm, and it doesn't go into his brain. For some reason. Yeah, he makes a deal with them for whatever reason. I enjoyed it, goddammit. You damn get it. superpowers, and you gotta use your superpowers to He's beat actually, the other strong guy. He actually loses a lot. He I fucks know. up a lot. But so, did, so do all of the, the shonen heroes when they start. <sighs> I, I don't know. Uh, I saw Cobra Kai. We already talked about that. I also watched High Score, which is a documentary on Netflix about the gaming's history. Okay. And one of the things that made me lose my fucking mind, like it made me happy, mm. not like lose my mind in the negative sense. It was um, so I didn't know this, but esports have been around for a long time. Yeah. But they just called it like championships. And this uh, this lady turns out to be the first champion of space invaders for atari rock on nice turns out she's trans she rock won on. the award when she was a dude and she successfully uh transitioned transitioned and i thought that was really fucking good nice and she, and she talked about how um gaming let you be whatever you wanted to be and yeah. that was a recurring theme in it but it's nice to see people older than us that have been gaming since like 76 or 77. I, I really wonder if in that like era of gaming, was there as much gatekeeping crap as there is now? I, I That's one of my concerns is that I think there was. Yeah, I just, there's no way to really know because there's not so much information. You know what I mean? The internet wasn't around and all that stuff. So it's kind of like word of mouth where people like, nah, you can't play Space Invaders, man. You got, you know, if you go on and play your Pac-Man. Yeah? Damn. I guess so, right? Maybe. Uh, also, the uh, the voice actor for Mario, Wario, Waluigi, Luigi. Clint. Uh, no. Um, no, yeah. it's Charles Martinet. Charles, there you, Charles Martinet. There you go. Uh, he's the narrator for the show. And it was really good. I learned a lot. They had a lot of people on there. They had uh, John Romero from Doom. They had. Um, oh, nice. Even Tobias. Did he make, did he make you his bitch? No. They had Tobias from Mortal Kombat on there. Nice, nice. Without Not, Ed Boone. Without, I was about to say, where's Ed Boone? No, no Boone. They had half of Noob Cybot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it was called, Cybot. They yeah. had Cybot, no Noob. No Noob. Just Cybot. He learned. Uh, for gaming, really quick, I've been playing Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 for the trivia. Oh, wow. Like the classics or? Yeah, the classics. Because okay. I'm really worried about these questions. <laughs> I, I've been doing a fair bit of research myself, my friend. I mean, finally, you got to play Dead Aim. Yeah. Um. Do you remember? You played. What's the one you're playing right now? Oh, I just finished three. So I finished, finished three. all of them. What's the name of? Here's a question. What's the name of the weapon at the end of three? The Magnum? No, no. Oh, no. The thing the... that finishes off Nemesis. Oh, the, the big laser. Yeah. No, but what's its name? I don't know the name. Oh, no. That might be a question. 
That might be a question. It's the name of it, which it's not Sword of Democles. It's Sword of Democellus or something like that. I think I'm reading it and I'm like, that does not look like Sword of Democles or Democles, whatever the fuck you're, you're pronouncing it. But it's Sword of something. And I will get that question right. What's Claire's prisoner number in Code Veronica? 7334 or something like that. WKD 4496. What? Is that right? Yep. All right. I only remember the legendary. What's frog Chris theory. Redfield's stars number? Stars number? His badge number. Okay. First off, I'm dyslexic, so this is a lot of fun <laughs> trying to figure out the number. Seven nine two three eight. Where? What number on his ID? Yeah, when the menu selects. Where would you, you remember pre- a random string of numbers? I'm uh, asking. He the name. said. Okay. So <laughs> Cody from fucking Robot Stone Age. Yes. Is gonna bring up numbers and dates and shit like that. I guess, but I feel like I'm remembering a... all the fucking things that I think will be on the. What's test. a thing more likely for you to remember? The name of the railgun at the end of Resident Evil Three, or the small four-digit number that's on the fucking back of his ID I'm card? I'm sorry, but that's important. <laughs> You're right. Even though he left stars immediately after that game, it's very important. Not immediately. It took him six months. Yeah, because that happens in games. Because he was sus- <laughs> he was suspended. Because it's like the second game starts right after, or even the third game. It's, 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 it's Shut up, you! I don't need you yelling at me. Stop yelling at me. In any case, there's a lot of things. Also, in the remake, it's called The Finger. Ah. See, I've actually been doing a lot of research, my friend. In any case, uh, what else you got for me? That's all of my reasons. Okay, rock on. So, let's move on to news, then. Uh, we are super behind. I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. No, it's whatever. It's going to be a long show. I mean, we did Leisurely Vinny and I, where our shows are like an hour long, so now we'll get a good meaty episode. Yeah, that's what you get when I'm on. Yeah. Meaty. The dude brings in the meat. Meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> in any case, um, so let's move on to our news. I have a quick news. Um, so, Nintendo put out a mini direct... Uh, I think it's for the, the 35, 35th anniversary of Super oh, Mario. Mario, yeah. Yeah, so one of the things, they were talking about a bunch of releases. They're, they're you know, ways that they're celebrating. Uh, DLC for Animal Crossing, this thing called Mario 36, something like 35, that? 35, Super Mario 35. 35. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Fallout 76, that's why I got confused. But uh, yeah, it's like essentially Battle Royale Mario, which is what that one dude made on a browser like years back, and now it's a real game, so that's cool. Um, but the thing that really drew most people's attention was the release of Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Which includes uh, 64. Yes. Sunshine. Correct. And Galaxy 1. Yes, just Galaxy 1 and the N64 version of Mario 64. Not even the DS one with the added characters and stars. No, no, no. OG, I guess. But here's the thing that really weirds me out is that it has a limited availability. Both physically and digital. Yeah, I don't know how you make it limited. Like, how do you make a digital release limited? You can only buy it for a certain amount of time. Like, I, I, That's what they're doing. Either way, it's coming out on September 18th, and it'll be taken off stores on March 31st. So that's just unnecessary, and it screams of the shit that they do with Amiibos, like, where they got to make things fucking, oh, we're already sold out, but there's no need. It's a why, digital release. Why does Nintendo feel they need to do this forced scarcity they do this shit remember okay so when i was doing some research way back when to mm. arguing about the wii u and how shitty the wii u was mm-hmm. or how much better it is than the xbox one uh that was a conversation i had mm. the wii u nintendo intentionally under made wii u's in its first year 
So it would have all these news people saying how much it's sold yeah, it's out. It's sold out. It's a sales it's a sales tactic, 100%. And, yeah, and they do that shit for the Wii and they've done that shit for the Switch. And the Amiibos, literally And now everything. they're doing it for their fucking games and that is sickening. Dude, they do it. They literally do it for everything. And the thing that just bothers me the most is that I've seen games get delisted. And it really does suck a lot of the fun out because you want to play these games again. This stupid, like, fake Disney Vault crap is not helping anyone because I have another bit of news that ties into it. Scott Pilgrim versus The World The Game, the complete edition, will be released soon. I don't think I have a release date yet, but it's the complete edition with all the DLC, and it's finally going to be out on fucking digital storefronts again. And that was a fun game. I love Scott Pilgrim versus The World The Game. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun side-scroller beat-em-up. And... It just, it makes me remember, like, how bummed out I was that the game was not available. And now, fast forward all these years, the game is finally being available again. I'm not feeling this great euphoria. I'm feeling like, dude, this should have been out fucking eight years ago. I should be hearing about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game 2 or something. You know, I feel like you're you're making us a lot slower in terms of moving forward in the gaming industry. And Nintendo's doing this shit where it's like, okay, well, you can play this triple combo, but it's not going to be available until we say so, so next time. So your issue is the av- limited availability. I have an issue with that, but my bigger issue is there is literally zero effort in this three-pack. Well, are they upscaled? I mean, They're not. They are upscaled. They are upscaled. They're not remade. No assets are remade, but they are upscaled. Would you consider it a remaster? It yes. It's remastered. It's it's a port of the game, but they literally upscaled and and added more um, pixels to the to, to, to the frame. It's not a four by three. It's a sixteen by nine. It's a full screen thing. The I assets I are, feel, are doubled up. I feel up it's not enough. That's for fine. Esen- that's for, fair. For essentially ports, and I get it. It's $60. It's $20 per game. That's a fair price. Compare that to the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. That is a remake, but yeah. And it's a full remake, and it was $40, and it came with free DLC for extra levels. I think you're Like, that was way more more effort than the 35th anniversary three-pack of whatever Mm -hmm. for your flagship fucking character. Mascot, yeah. Yeah, you're literally... When people say Nintendo, the first thing they think of is Captain more. Falcon. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. Uh, 100%. Stab Bone King. Well, you know, it wouldn't be the first time. But you know what I think? I think your problem is not so much that this is not um, good enough as it is Nintendo is not doing good enough in the sense that they should have done more here. It's not like the port that they're showing is not a good remaster. It's that in this day and age, we could have expected a remake or or something like the Crash Trilogy where you take the original game and literally remake all the assets. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that nowadays is probably something up to the par where we feel like that's enough. E- the thing is, we can't say what is enough effort, but compared to other things around us, it's like, yeah, maybe that would have been the better call here. Maybe not like, oh, next gen super crazy shit, but at least update it. In that like, regard. let's not even bullshit here. The Crash Insane Trilogy and the Spiral ones mm-hmm. were published by Activision, which is one of the most evil fucking companies out there, <laughs> short of Ubisoft. And EA. And, let's talk, and Warner Brothers. Let's talk about <laughs> also Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, which I'm going to get later tonight. Nice. That shit looks fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's fully remade. You've got these remakes that are genuinely good and putting in a shitload of They're effort. They're more than ports. That's the thing. That's... 
They, there you go. They're giving you us ports. It. They're giving us ports, and you don't want a port, and that's fine. That that is one hundred percent an acceptable viewpoint. Boking. Okay, you have a switch, and right. you and you play online occasionally. Right. You know already that online that's twenty dollars a year, thirty six dollars if you have a family plan for eight people. Great. All they give you is literally fucking ROMs that are just licensed by Nintendo, but it's, it's essentially ROMs. I'm, I'm, I'm paying $20 a year for a fucking emulator. I'm fine with that only because it is $20 a year as opposed to some of the other subscriptions that the, the things that they give you, you know, the how much you pay for how much you get, it makes sense. I'm not against that entirely. I am against them charging $5 for fucking ROMs that are like literally 1.2 megabytes. And I, I, I don't know. Things have to be scaled because Ricky was on the show a while back and he was saying Captain like, N. Captain N. And he was saying that there was a, a huge thing with keeping the value of Nintendo products. And that's part of it. But they still have to adapt with the times in a way. And while this port is something that is much needed, like Super Mario 64 hasn't been on a port since the DS, not even an HD port at all, just on the DS of all things. So, yeah, a port of 64 and Sunshine, which hasn't even mentioned for even longer, was needed. But, like, it feels like they just literally ported it as opposed to, like, going that extra step and making it something that's a bigger product. That, that is a remake or re remake of the assets, you know what I mean? As opposed to just a port. Um, and I think that might be why it's limited availability, too. Because it literally is just a port, and if they were to put more, like, effort, like, in a crash insane trilogy or something that would have been a full-time release or some shit but no I, this is just something quick i think they wanted to just push out and it's not really selling out for them um one big thing though a major change that i do have to talk about before we move on from this because it's very important yeah because i still got my news yeah um there's one change in super mario th- um, 64 on 3d all-stars they removed a line that uh plays when you're fighting super uh, when you're fighting bowser Okay. All right. I don't know if you recall in Super Mario 64, but when you're fighting Bowser and you grab him by the tail and you swing him around and you throw him, what does Mario say? So long, Bowser. So long, gay Bowser. So long, gay Bowser. Everyone forever was hearing uh, so long, gay Bowser. And that's not necessarily what he's saying, but it's so long, gay Bowser. But it sounds like gay Bowser because he spends a long time on long. They changed the line to say bye-bye. That's it? That's the change. Now, I, it, it's not a big change to most people, but that means that Nintendo thought enough people thought it said so long gay Bowser that they thought it was offensive and had to change it. Well, is it offensive? No. The gay community loves it. <laughs> there's, there's a huge online thing where he's just this gay dad. I love I love Bowser. I'm obsessed with Bowser. So it's is just it just because like, oh. he's a bear? Absolutely. But beyond that, he was like the first bear in a video game I ever encountered. So I, I love him. He's amazing. Really? DK wasn't the first bear? He's more of a muscle guy. You know what I mean? He's oh, yeah, because Bowser's fat. Bowser's got the girth. Actually, Bowser's. Oh, my God. Anyway, moving on. That's a weird change, I think, in general. Why change so long, Bowser? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, Ray Fisher calls for the air cut of Suicide Squad. Stop. Let it die. It'll never die? Let it die. It'll die when the air cut gets released. Fuck. Uh, Also, Momoa took the side of Ray Fisher against Warner Brothers, which is interesting because Momoa's Aquaman. And he made a billion dollars with his movie. Huh. So that'll be interesting. 
And lastly, the Xbox Series X, which is S, sorry, Xbox Series That's S. That's not confusing at all. Uh, the all-digital version of their system, which is basically just going to be their subscription service, has a price tag, $299.99. $299 for a hard drive in a case. Basically. <laughs> It's hey, also it's also know, it's the, also super cute. It's small. Nintendo did it for the Wii. That was essentially a fucking hard drive in a case. Although it did have a disc port. That's that's the biggest difference here. But yeah, it looks like a little mini radio. It's cute. I like the aesthetic of it. I just they really need to fucking fix up these names. Next generation, I like hate these names. They're the worst. They're they're so fucking interchangeable. Like you're you're ruining everything. You're ruining your own fucking marketing. Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S. Xbox One, one Xbox for Xbox One Series X, one Xbox, Xbox One, the next water cooler. <laughs> anyway, um, so is that all the news you got? <sighs> that's it. All righty. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to go ahead and talk about our topic for today, which is a versus on the case of modern Superman. Yeah. Yeah, we're going there. It's essentially the case of Snyder, isn't it? No. No, I have two things. Two things that aren't Snyder. It counts. Hello, everyone. This is Bone King, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks podcast, hosted proudly on the Fan Freaks Facebook group. That's F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S, Fan Freaks. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Welcome back, guys. Today, I am defending, which is the second time in a row. The other episode was Guardians of the Galaxy volume two yes which so, i lost because i was not ready for that amount of anger i had <laughs> so many things to say the I d- fl- fl- flame flames <laughs> flames but yes as you heard he is the defendant he's a skilled defendant as uh, he's done it before skilled i but, lost the last one but before we lose anyone <laughs> on what's happening uh today we're going to be doing a versus episode on the case of modern superman in um, the criminal justice system <laughs> jesus christ pong pong um, but in case you don't know what a versus episode is, this is the segment where we enter the Fan Freaks courtroom where you are the judge. Each host will assume the role of either prosecutor or defendant as they take a piece of media and put it on trial and you decide the verdict uh, over on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, on the Facebook Fan Freaks group. But the poll will be on Twitter, damn it. Oh, I can okay. only keep track of one. <laughs> yeah, all right. If you don't have a Twitter, you snooze, you get lose. one. But uh, yeah, message no. us directly. <laughs> but but in case you're probably wondering what inspired this show, um, I think it was the previous episode that I did with Leisurely Vinny, where I mentioned Superman and in a negative much, context. And a negative. Well, and that just set the dude off immediately. Just any negative context of Superman. Even though, if you were to listen to what I actually said, I don't think I actually said that much of a negative thing. No, you were just talking shit about Snyder and you were just talking shit about how Superman kind of sucks now because he's a villain. We're not going to talk about my exhibit A's and B's right now, okay? We're just going to focus on, you know, Actually, can I paint what happened and how this happened? I I don't know if I want your retelling of these events, but go ahead. (laughs) No, no, no. So I'm on an airplane. I'm going to North Carolina. So I figured, ah, let me download the episode. It was a bird? It was was a plane? plane. (laughs) It was a bird plane. So... I'm I'm in the airplane. I had already downloaded the episode and I'm listening to it, listening to it. And then all of a sudden, you know, in a crowded plane, I don't know why it was so fucking crowded. 
you just hear me go, son of a bitch. <laughs> when I just hear Bone just rattling off. And I'm like, oh, th- oh I'm fucking rattling mad. off. I'm oh. fucking mad. But yeah, I got mad. I messaged him as soon as I landed. Hey, I landed. Also, fuck you. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's just being so protective. My God. Did you- if you actually listen to what I said, I think it'll actually be pretty uh, understandable. You said actually four times. And actually, I think that'll make this a very good episode in that regard. So, uh, as I am the defendant, we have a opening statement, then we have cross-examination, then we have closing statements, and we leave it to you, judge, to uh, settle this. Decide Superman's fate. Yeah. (laughs) Do we send him to the Phantom Zone or not? Get in the triangle square 2D thing. (laughs) Do it. I'll throw my logo at you. In any it case, was a different time. It was, <laughs> it was except as was popular at the time. Um, do I uh, do does it you defend? do you do the opening statement? You're the prosecutor. Prosecutor goes first. OK. All right. So here's my opening statement. Ladies and gentlemen of the fan freaks courtroom. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, first off, want to really um, say thank you and be appreciative of the time um, you're spending here. You could be anywhere else in the world, but you're here today. Um <laughs> Don't look at me like that. What the fuck are you doing? I am riling up the audience. I'm hyping them up. Listen, like a good audience, a jury needs to be inspired to mosh pit. Okay? (laughs) Open this fucking pit up. (laughs) Open this jury up. But uh, yeah, no. So um, Superman. I am not about to sit here and tell you that Superman is a bad character that Superman is not fun or anything of the sort, I merely wish to bring upon a critique of someone who is quite literally godlike in a lot of different ways and and will allow us to get a deeper understanding as to what makes Superman so super. Damn, you know what? I should fucking get paid for that. That was actually pretty good. Anyway... <laughs> Superman's a good character, but I feel as though there needs to be a discussion on some of the more recent iterations on how they've been using his character archetype, we'll say that. Um, I plan on being very open-minded, so I I, I will let it know that my, my compatriot, the dude... Over here, there's no ill will towards him. He is but a smart and and, and gentle dude. I, I pray for for my enemies, for they know not what they do. Um, he's just acting out in mere blind. A rage. Jesus reference. <laughs> hey, we're talking about <laughs> Superman, aren't we? You're the one prosecuting. I'm the one that's supposed to be doing the Jesus. But references. I'm laying in the seeds. <laughs> in the seeds to my argument in any case that's the end of my opening statement thank you very much please clap so i'm gonna do mine all right go for it Hoochook! okay <laughs> now it's just become the worst court <laughs> um okay so as you guys know i'm a huge fucking fan like huge uh i really love superman in almost every shape way or form because i Unfortunately, compared to the to Bone King, I read the comics. I ingest a lot of media relating to Superman. I watch the animated movies, stuff of that nature. Now, Bone has a very, dare I say it, narrow viewpoint on what is Superman and what his character can be. Sometimes you have to have a change 
in a character. This is a character that's been around for 80 plus years. This is a character that for more often than not gets ridiculed for being one dimensional blue boy scout. Sometimes you can find that media where he's a blue boy scout. Those books are written by Dan Jurgens. You could find those shows like Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. And you could find that in certain movies like the Christopher Reeves movies or even, dare I say it, the Superman Returns movie, which isn't a good movie, but it is in that vein of Superman is a Blue Boy Scout because it's set in the Reeves type of universe. <clears throat> it's supposed to be Superman 3, even though it isn't. Mm-hmm. But I think the main crux of Bone King's argument is Injustice, which is honestly way better as a comic book series than it is a movie, a video game. Mm-hmm. And I actually like how they did it in the, vi- in the video game. I like most of the setup there. I just prefer the comic. And then you have <sighs> Zack Snyder's Superman. Mm-hmm. And I've argued for Man of Steel way too much in my life. Yes, BVS is probably one of the worst. Yes, Justice League. People are d- difficult. They require a lot of focus. They, uh, they have like a rhythm that I haven't quite been able to... Like brunch. Like, what is brunch? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll argue Superman's the best part of Justice League. Yeah. Okay. I could argue that. You could. So what I am trying here to tell you guys, you judge, honorable judge, without blowing smoke up your ass, is fucking leading much. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Your fucking five minutes of setting the seed. Hey, but you didn't. I didn't lead anyone. (laughs) You fucking led everyone. You were blowing smoke up everyone's ass. I'm here to tell you that while Superman may not be your favorite character, he's got enough different archetypes and different avenues for different types of media for you to enjoy that you can be satisfied any which way. Mm. That's okay. the end of my closing statement. My Our, opening statement. Oh, closing? Cool. We can, we're leaving early. Rock on. Uh, no, but okay, cool. So that's the end of our opening statements. Let's go ahead and bring a couple witnesses in. So I go ahead and call... Do you want to... Wait, defendant go first or prosecutor goes first? I'm calling in. Prosecutor. Jeez, is, am I always first? Prosecutor always goes first. Jesus Christ. Okay. You're the one setting the case. I'm here defending it. Right, right. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, to the stand, I call, first and foremost, Justice League, the animated series. Okay. Now, Justice League. Um, I, you, I'm sure you'll notice that this isn't necessarily modern Superman, as this is an example of a character maybe further back in the cartoon series before a lot of the movies came out that got really popular with Superman. Granted, granted, there was the Christopher Reeves movies, and I would even classify that as not necessarily modern, as they are classic Superman. Correct? Correct. Also, okay. the first real superhero movie of its time. Right, okay, exactly. But what I mean to say is that in that example, um, you could see Superman being the goody two-shoes kind of Boy Scout kind of guy, but without letting it be the handicap to his character, he is still able to remain just, he's able to remain level-headed, he has his 
his feeling, his gut feelings. And that's always been his driving point in, granted, in that series. I'm talking about from in that series. He's always Which making, was started in his own series, also made by Bruce Timm in that Timm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right because after, Superman, yeah. the animated series, came out before Justice League. Right, and then that was right after Batman, the animated series. And, right, yeah. Batman started it in 92, and then you have uh, Superman in 94, and then you have the Justice League series in 96. Right. and the Then re- you have Unlimited in 98. Oh, that's right. Yeah, unlimited. But um, the reason why I bring this up to the stand is because I wanted to show you an example before we start getting into all the different versions that, by the way, I would classify as more modern. Everything past Man of Steel is kind of modern to me. It's in the sort of wheelhouse of To current. you, yes. Yes, but it was within the wheelhouse of like Warner Brothers. That they're, um, they're within the same canon of works. So... I, when I talk about modern Superman, I'm talking about that canon, I guess, specifically. And I guess you are correct in saying that in the comic books, there's going to be that kind of, like, you know, earnest, you know, lovable Some guy comics, Superman. Other comics are injustice. But that's and all my that. point, that comic books are literally, like, the infinite universe of different variations of a character. You can get so many different versions of any comic book character, especially one like Superman, who's been around forever. Like, and you'll find that. In the comic books, so it's not no surprise to me that in somewhere out there, Superman is still being written the way I like him to be written, me personally. And I agree with that. But everything past, and I would even say, let's be generous, Superman Returns, sort of began this canon with with, um, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill. And it's not his fault or anything, I'm just saying with the way that they wrote his character that Henry Cavill played is the main thing I'll be arguing here today. So this is why I brought Justice League onto the stand, to give you an example of Superman written to be earnest and and trusting without being an absolute jerk and kind of dumbass, as he kind of is written to be later on. Um, Would you like to uh, interview my witness? No. Okay. Uh, So thank you very much, Justice League, for your time. Um, I'll be checking you out later on Netflix. Call me. Um... All right. Well, that's it for Justice League. Um, do you have anyone you I call, call to the stand? Zack Snyder. Him, wait, that's not a movie title. What are you doing? What? Hello. How are you? Why does he talk like Buffalo Bill? <laughs> the fuck? From what I recall, he kind of sounds like this. He's just a very kind of nasally kind of voice. And what I was trying to do was give you a, a smart look at Superman's character, and that's why I made here's, him punch Here's my time. issue with your quote-unquote questioning mm. on <laughs> Justice League, is that that's an earnest character, but that mm. was a character from 2001. Man of Steel came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. During those 12 years, they were tr- Warner Brothers, in their infinite wisdom, was trying to make another Superman movie. And they were trying to do one gritty and down to its core. Because Dark Knight did so well. Actually, because of Batman Begins. Then Dark Knight did even better. Oh, you're right. And then I'm they sorry. were like, oh, we really got to do you're that. You're right. Batman Begins was before. The- yeah, yeah. Right. So, trust me. I actually have studied this. I've actually had to <laughs> Wait, argue. you know something about DC characters? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, what did I get myself into? I don't know. I don't know why you <laughs> wanted to do this in the first place. So, but your argument, the crux of your argument is this modern Superman mm-hmm. that's popular in media because it has this canonicity, which is true. 
That was the original idea, well, it, I guess. The, it is the modern canon, the series of right, books. Right. Yes. That's the most popular version because it's in movies. That's the most big media. Right now. Why would you compare a movie universe that had him for a full movie, which was Man of Steel, maybe a third of a movie in Batman versus Superman, if you can compare... He had 48 lines of dialogue in Batman versus Superman compared to 300 lines of dialogue that Batman has. Then compared that to Justice League where he is in from half of the second act to the third act. You can't compare that to what you saw in Superman animated series and the Justice League and Justice League animated series. Unlimited. But, I mean, I see what you mean in the sense that he doesn't show up as often, but regardless of how many lines he has, it's still a misusing of the character. Regardless of which, I'm saying that Justice League used the... Even within the first episode of Justice League, if you really want to, like, make it specific to, like, time constraints or whatever, e even in the little spin-off movies, Death of Superman was great. Like, these yes. are well-made things with the character right. that respect it. No, no, no. I, I understand that there was misuse of the character, but the argument, really, is that Modern Superman is bad. No, well, I'm, it's not What's just the, that it's bad. I'm telling you that it's bad because they're misusing him for those reasons I just explained. I don't think it is completely bad because one of your arguments was injustice, and I actually enjoy those. I enjoy okay. those as an Elseworlds. It's right. something different and something a different take, and... That Superman has a credible reason to be evil. Sure. You want to just call injustice to the stand? I'm, I'm calling Zack Snyder to the stand because okay, I'm finished. I, I want to talk about Zach, injustice. Zack, you fucking sit down. <laughs> sit down. Because I got beef Zach. with you. Here's the issue. Warner Brothers and in its infinite wisdom made a loud Man of Steel. They expected a billion dollars. That's literally, you can look this up. You can look it up in articles. Kevin Sujahara, the CEO of Warner Brothers, had a demand that Man of Steel would make a billion because he thought this new IP of Superman would just come out of the out of the what is it? The woodwork. Out of the yeah woodwork. Okay, the woodwork. Out of the woodwork and just bang on all cylinders. And Zach had an idea for a sequel of Superman. Mm -hmm. The sequel of Superman was going to introduce Brainiac because you see that in Man of Steel. You see a lot of call signs to Brainiac. Mm -hmm. Then they course corrected because you have to understand between 2013 and 2016, that's three fucking years. Then they came out with BVS and they had to do so many different scripts. And I'm not going to say the argument here is not that BVS is good. Please Please don't put that on me. No. I can't defend that piece of no, shit. No, but you're telling me about all these gymnastics they did to even get these movies in some sort of fucking, some sort of image, like some sort of mindset or plan. They don't, they don't plan anything. It's just up and Hello, welcome to Warner Brothers. You even say it all the time. But that's so, not, but that's not excuse. That's still, that, that contributes to what I say it being poorly handled. You started with modern Superman sucks. Which is because he's poorly handled. And I'm telling you, there's some good in it. Sure. Some but wait, wait. In the in the in the movies you're obviously talking about? I'm talking about not only movies, but TV, games. I know and that's comics. why we're here today. That's why we're having this conversation. So I have to do the biggest 
the biggest cow in the fucking shed. So, which yeah, is Man of Steel. Is Man it? of Steel, BBS, and Justice League. Okay. You have to bring those up. Right. And even in Man of Steel, I'll go ahead and we'll talk about Man of Steel in the sense that, like, yes, they, they did more of a gritty retelling of the character, and he was more conflicted. And I'm not saying giving Superman conflict is a bad thing. Of course not. He was always he had always different kinds of conflicts. Like, am I really one of the humans? Am I am I really doing what my dad asked me to do? Yeah. It's, like, it's part of him. I get that. That's probably the more interesting part of him. But it took up 85% of the movie. Almost that's the, the point of the movie, though. No, the point of the movie is to show Superman saving people. The, no, it isn't. It's an origin story. You don't uh, show that in the origin story. You show how he became this character. It's literally his first week in the... Th- not first week, his first day as Superman in the third act. I What I mean to say, and I get it, It's I'm not trying to say that it's not an origin story, but I'm trying to tell you that they spent too much time in that area where they, they wanted to do this whole build, big, big build up with Brainiac and eventually lead into... They that, didn't that's plan, the sequel and it didn't but, happen. But that's right. the whole planning part that I'm talking about. They want to do this in-depth thing into their backstory okay. that it ends up detracting from the overall narrative of the movies. Now, let me finish because you gave me an objection and I got a. And I oh, had to right. Well, that. we're talking about just. Right. Yeah. So, Man of Steel, boom, happened. Didn't make a billion. It made 600 something million. Warner Brothers was like, we got to fucking put Batman in it because Batman <laughs> makes money. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Return, uh, Dark Knight Rises both made a combined like two point something billion. Warner Brothers is like, just put Batman in it. Zack Snyder was fucked. Fucked because he didn't want to do that just yet. He is then forced to shoehorn in an arbitrary fight between the two biggest fucking characters that DC has, Batman versus Superman. But you didn't even introduce Batman at all. So you just have to make a whole new thing for the first two acts. You have to make Batman into a credible threat and a reason for him to hate Superman. It's a pretty dumb idea. It is a dumb idea. But then you have Justice League, which, yes... We can argue all live long day how bad it is. And we could argue how bad it is. But that Superman is honestly one of the better Superman that we had in the that second. you barely see. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You barely see him. But he's saving people. He's saving his but teammates. that's what I want to see. He's carrying a fucking building. And even Flash is like, oh, my God. Like, I'm here pushing a truck. And there's Superman carrying a building full of people. And he's saving everybody. Right. That's the Superman we got at the end. End of Justice League, but it failed. Yes. It failed as well, but it failed for reasons not because of Superman. I'm not... Okay. I'm not trying to say that all of the recent decisions with DC is Superman's fault. Definitely not. However, on the flip side, I don't see how all of that jargon, all that complicated nonsense, all the ill planning, all the the crammed in, oh, we got to shove Batman in because, oh, that's what people want. It wasn't that the other one wasn't fun. No, no, we got to throw in Batman. That'll solve it. All the stupid planning is not the audience's responsibility. Like, we're here to enjoy the films. We understand that it's hard to make movies, but I'm not going to excuse the movie and the misuse of Superman. Well, not misuse. And and making Superman so bland and just so not who he was and who I remember just because, oh, we had a mix up and that's, we had, just please excuse us. 
No, that is why I'm saying that modern Superman is is bad. It's not because the character is bad. I'm saying that the the, the people who are in charge of making these movies really don't plan anything and just want to say, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool without really doing that? Then and this case is a fucking mistrial because the only thing I'm defending is Superman. Right. But 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 you're again, attacking just the people that took care no, of Superman notice poorly. That, notice that this topic is modern Superman in the sense that what I've okay, I what do you want me to say movie Superman? Because really I wanted to say like injustice as well, and this is where I'll bring in injustice. All right, Zach Snyder, get the fuck out of here. Okay, Zach, go hide somewhere else. He won't even release the transcripts. Release the Zack Snyder transcripts. <laughs> Um, but in any case, no, Injustice. I bring Injustice to the stand because Injustice 1, while has some not the strongest writing, per se, th I think does evil Superman probably the best out of all of these so far. Where it's not just Superman being an edgelord trying to seem cool or tough. He's literally just distraught and evil because of what happened to Lois Lane and the whole nine yards. Injustice, it makes sense. But then Injustice 2 comes out, and it's like, oh, we have to keep them being evil because we did that once before. And it's like, no, just do something different. And I get it, it's Injustice, the, the story, that's where it's from. But I don't know, did it really need to continue the story like and be almost a rehash in a way? And that's, that's why I wanted to contribute that to modern Superman because for some reason people feel like Superman should be more of a villain archetype than act than not actually the lovable fun guy that he was okay but injustice the first one sold very well mm -hmm. it was received critically well the comics actually won awards for how great it was it was written mm -hmm. it won some top 10 lists like from like the top 10 best comics of the year back when oh the oh, yeah okay the the actual yeah, yeah, injustice yeah. comics because those offer so much because the injustice games are really they have a time skip mm -hmm. they really just jump to when superman's already like the leader of the free world can i ask a random question and i'm gonna try and be really fast because one of the biggest things i don't like about injustice's writing and why i won't say it has great writing is what they did to wonder woman's character Nobody likes what Wonder Woman... N nobody wrote Wonder Woman well. Was she like that in the comic? Worse. Wh how? <laughs> how? How? She's literally just like a brain-dead muscle. Like, she's just like, uh, What, she someone's threatening Superman? I better go beat him up. Like, what the fuck? Honestly, the... She was done better in, in the second one than the first, in my opinion. Uh, in the, yeah, no, for sure. For yeah. the game and the comics. Because the comics continued in Justice 2. They did a whole comic thing as well is it following that story it's what happens between injustice one and two okay because i don't think it's so much that superman is a villain as it's that also along with the social conscious of the snyderverse and the the, the dc universe as it is now which honestly it's too much it's like interacting with each other right but that's the perception that he has that he has mm -hmm. been presented one of my favorite scenes in bvs is actually where a bunch of journalists and philosophers all talk about the Superman question. Mm. Can this man really be a force for ultimate good? Can somebody this good be here? What does this represent? Are we, is he really a God? <sighs> it's shit like that. That really interests me it, yeah. because I've been reading Superman and I want to know not only about the character himself because of what he deals with, but also the world around him. How the fuck do you rationalize? 
that. That's one of the reasons why Watchmen is so fucking good. Yeah. Because Superman exists and he is American. That is fucking huge question. That's why people like the boys in all those shows that are are an archetype on that. But the critique you have to make to make that kind of... All right. Superman is a superhero. Now, me, I get it. Like, I'm a surface-level peon noob that doesn't really go into the inner working mind of Superman, which I feel like comic books had to have gone into. I mean, come on. But regardless of which, that's what you're seeing in these movies. You want to see a Joker... Joker with... um, Oh my God, I'm blanking. What's his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. He's fantastic. Um, you want to see a Superman version of like a Joker film? No, a Joker version of a Superman film where it's that kind of like, you know what? This is the real trauma that he deals with. But it's hard to do that with Superman because he's he's stronger than a, an anvil. He could jump over a building. I go into Superman and I kind of he needs to offset all of the other grim dark assholes in the DC lineup. And be that kind of earnest, lovable guy. At least that's what I, I kind of interpreted him from uh, Justice League and the Christopher Reeve films. And I and get it. I get it. You want to mix it up. You don't want to do the same thing over and over again. But if you're re- It's not just me. It's most people. No, sure. And I get... And I understand where you're where they're coming from. But if you're br- making, like, a brand new, like, big arc to rival Marvel, why would you put it on such, like, a, a, a gambling concept? You know what I mean? Like, it's not a solid idea as to why people love Superman. Pe- people don't love Superman because he's edgy, and I get it that there's a thing of getting to know him better, but the dialogue never really goes beyond, like, gods and monsters and man, and if I'm a man, if I'm a god. It's all weighty dialogue that doesn't really actually affects Superman at all. He just kind of becomes a brute in these films, in BVS, and in Justice League, he barely shows up till the end, and granted, Justice League, he's one of the better iterations in that franchise. I agree with you, but they just stick it at the end. You don't really get to enjoy Superman. Originally, Justice League was going to be a two-part movie. Right, and that, again, I will chalk up to bad planning, which I feel like does contribute, and maybe that's where we'll disagree on whether or not that affects a character, but, like... I wanted to see Superman enjoy himself. I want to see a golden age like Superman where it's, thank you, Superman. Thank you for saving us. No problem. I love helping you guys. And not, oh, my God, Superman, I'm so grateful that you're here. Oh, we should be so honored to be on the same place. They take it too far is my whole thing, and they don't need to. Okay. Now, going back to the dialogue, I hate Mm. to bring up because now we're back to the movies. That's fine. We're going to be jumping around. So Man of Steel had probably one of the – Two great lines that I really enjoyed where one is a very young Clark Kent. He's in school mm-hmm. and he's just developing x-ray vision and super hearing. And he's like seeing the inner workings of his sister, uh, not his sister, his fucking, what are you doing here? Stepsister? No, his fucking <laughs> what teachers. What are you going to do in the bed now, senpai? Uh, his teacher's fucking Organs. circulatory system and all that shit. And he's losing his fucking mind. And he's hearing everything in a in like a 50-mile radius. They don't, they, it's some arbitrary number. Mm-hmm. And he runs away and he, and he runs into his like janitor's closet or whatever. And he's like crying and he's fucking like distraught. Right. Because you don't know what the fuck's going on. You're not. This isn't normal. Nobody's told you about this shit. And then his mom comes in and everybody's like, oh, what's this? He's still hearing all his. Let me finish. Yeah. I'm just fucking breathing. <laughs> no, you sighed. I know when you're about to interrupt. And all his uh, like other students, his peers or whatever, are making fun of him. And he's listening to this. 
And his mom comes up to him and is like, baby, what's going on? Talk to me, you know? And he's like, the world's too big, mom. And then she says, well, make it small. Just, you know, and it was a good fucking line. It was excellently delivered by Diane Lane. And I really enjoyed that. And another scene in the same movie, which is Zod is screaming at Superman. Like Zod's whole thing is, I want to make Krypton live again. Krypton has to live again. And Mm -hmm. he's screaming at Superman. If you destroy this ship, you destroy Krypton. And throughout the whole movie, he was he has been presented a choice time and time again. Does he embrace his alien heritage or his human like adoptive parents? Does he return with with uh, Raditz to Planet Vegeta? Does he? That's the question. Pardon so, me for making a joke. <laughs> fuck. Jesus, man. Like this. Up. This matters to me. Uh, yeah, but th- this show matters to me. <laughs> fuck. So there's Zod, and Zod's screaming at him, if you destroy the ship, you destroy Krypton. And I showed this to my mother, who fucking hates Superman. Wow, that's a weird pull, but okay. Because she thinks he's boring, he's not interesting, He's he she's hmm. always been more of a fan of Batman. I showed this almost 60-year-old woman the whole movie, and when Superman says Krypton had its chance, she cheered, she loved it, she said this movie's great. Because that's a great line. That is a decisive line. And one of the things that most people don't understand is, yes, Superman's weaknesses are kryptonite. He's vulnerable to magic. But one of his bigger ones is his ego. He's gullible, right? Because doesn't Lex work on that a lot? Tricking him? Because he believes in the better of humans. Well, I, I'm but not the, saying he's raw. Like, you know, but, but, he is there. But the point I'm trying to make uh-huh. is his ego. Mm-hmm. His his like respect. He doesn't know what to do all the time. He everybody thinks he does. Everybody looks to him to, for leadership, particularly <laughs> in the Justice League, particularly in Justice Society, mm-hmm. in the entirety of the DC universe. A lot of times, people are just like Superman. What do we do? And a lot of times, he's constantly worried that he's not making the right choice mm-hmm. or that he's fucking someone over. One of the best books was written by Jeff Johns, where Superman, in some way, shape, or form, he gets to bring back Candor which is the shrunken planet that Brainiac has that you saw in Injustice 2, mm. but it's like popular mythos. He brings it back and he puts it in space and all these Kryptonians are there and they're just all Superman-like. They all have his powers. Huh. So Earthlings lose their fucking minds and they're like, well, we got to shoot a bunch of nukes at them because that's the but, one thing. Mo- okay, uh, I'm almost done. But I am I not allowed to have like a little interjection? Like Jesus just Christ. Just say objection. I'm not not even an objection though. I agree. It just it feels weird. It's so okay. Serious. So Superman just has that in that book. He's mm. had that in Man of Steel, where you have this character that can be a little bit more human. That he could be a little fa- he could fail. That's what most people have aspired and wanted from their Superman. Sure. Which is unfortunately yes. Has modern Superman been written well in the movies? No. He hasn't, but just like most humans, most people fail at that shit. Superman has to fail, and people like it when their big, strong characters fail. That's why Batman won in BVS, unfortunately. Right, and and I don't mean to suggest that Superman always has to succeed, and it's just literally Golden Age Superman 100%. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to say that, like, shows like Justice League and I would even say Man of Steel has a better angle where they actually go through his origin story of him being a child and that helps 
get to know that, that fills up time in the movie. I feel like the whole movie should just been that. Just literally what movie? Uh, Man of Steel. Oh, okay. Where he's growing up and the whole nine yards. Like, just have the whole movie be him growing into the role. But then we had the whole thing with Zod, and it felt kind of tacked on, which kind of led into the BVSC kind of cheapy aspect that I kind of get here. Where, yes, Superman does fail. In fact, one of the things I said was that he was gullible, which maybe is the wrong way to phrase it, but he trusts people. And that's been one of the biggest things that ends up biting him in the ass later. But that's also one of the biggest things that makes him Superman. Sure, absolutely. But then you have fucking later on Batman versus Superman where he's just outright threatening Batman without even talking to him first. This is not how Superman would act. Superman does fail, but he's kind of not he's a nice guy he's got he would go up and at least try to appeal to fucking batman in some way it doesn't make any sense for him to be so violent honestly if you really want to get down to it superman wouldn't even be there in the first place he would have found his mother and yeah there. if you really want to but think if about you it you want to do that yeah sure <sighs> most of that fucking third act shouldn't have happened but i digress but this is the, this is the complication we're having and i don't know whether or not this is a thing of whether you just prefer golden age superman over the more modern gritty retellings of them that even showed up in comics I think is what you're trying to illustrate here this is something that's been going on the deep introspective look into Superman it's not the first time it's not modern Superman there's just another side to the Superman kind of uh, fan base mythos yeah, I mean, well, the dude's been around for fucking how, how many fucking years? 80 plus years. 80 plus years. I'm sure there's different niches within his niches. But, like, that's the conversation that I wanted to bring to here is that I enjoy the Superman who's a goofy, lovable idiot that's still very, you know, has a strong sense of justice and does fail, but he ultimately is the lawful good character and doesn't go out of his way to just be aggressive for no reason. Well, unfortunately, Warner doesn't have a fucking idea really on how to do those characters. But thankfully the comics do Mm -hmm. the animated movies do. You brought up the excellent death of Superman. There's also reign of Superman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hell, even apocalypse war had a great take with Superman there. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have some games. Hopefully the kill the justice league one is going to be good. I'm surprised Superman doesn't have more games. Just what, Superman 64 and the rest got, uh, what, Returns, I think, got one? Yeah, which was a movie game, which was better than the actual movie. That aside. Um, um, but again, I just one point I wanted to bring up to really quick is that people didn't like Superman because he was that kind of generic. Wait, you want to just do closing statements, actually? Because this is my closing statement. You want to okay, just do it? Uh, cross-examination has ended. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully I made sense. That's yeah, no. No, we, 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 I feel like we, we don't necessarily really conflict on this opinion. We, we're mainly just saying that, well, we're focusing on different parts of the same fan base. It's two sides of the same coin, and I'm just upset because I'm seeing one side of the coin more now. You see what I mean? Like, I'm seeing more of the edgy, dark Superman oh. than the actual... Than, not actual. See, that's my problem. I can't say that. Than the other version that I enjoy, which is the, you know, earnest Superman that's joyful to watch and stuff like that. That's, I think, the conversation. And I think what Warner Brothers was doing was they looked at all these people saying, oh, Superman is so boring. He's just so happy and that's it. They made them all, you know, complicated and introspective to make them more like 
Batman. Because isn't that always the case? You even said it with your mom. For people who don't like Superman, they usually like Batman. Yeah, because it's, he's either, more, it's either A or B. It's either A or B. And this was a case of them making Superman more like Batman to appease people who aren't even fucking Superman fans. No. So it's just kind of weird that it went and followed that angle when Superman needs to be that lawful good guy, the earnest guy, to offset the other members of the team. You have Flash, who's the, the comedic relief. Um, Green Lantern, who's really the, the strong sense of justice, who really doesn't crack jokes all that often, and he's not trusting as Superman is. And Wonder Woman, she's just like, actually, Jon Stewart, where she's very stern and level-headed. But Superman is that guy where if you're going to appeal to someone on the Justice League, who would you do it to? Superman. Unfortunately, most people appeal to Batman. They don't want to be Batman. Batman writes you off for the most asinine shit. I'm surprised people would. He, he, I'm surprised he wouldn't think he's ahead of you 50, like, 50 steps ahead of you. Don't even bother me with that. I already thought about it. Yeah, he's, that's his crux. That's his character. I would want to talk to Superman, and I don't think I would want to talk to this modern Warner Brothers Superman that I'm seeing. Um, and that's it. That's my closing statement. <laughs> oh, okay. So I feel, I feel this is a mistrial. Oh, God. <laughs> Because I feel modern Superman should have been written better. I feel modern Superman, where they were going, was something that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. There was a different take that I wanted. And I got some of it, but I didn't get all of it. Mm -hmm. And most people, this is their first interaction with Superman. Not everyone's going to be like me, where, oh shit, there's this character. I watched this cartoon of Superman, the animated series, and mm-hmm. then I go back and I watch the Reeves movies. Most people, they just get in and Man of Steel's their first Superman anything. Mm-hmm. That's their first Superman media, and that's what they think he is. And he's not like that all the time. There's books that have been like that, and there's books where he's like, as Bone King said, earnest, Boy Scout. like Fun would be a word I'd use, right? Fun's not the first thing that most people use for Superman. Most people use fun for, like, Flash comics. Usually. You're right. He's not funny. He's just he, more earnest. He, yeah. He does, he, yeah, he's just really... What he is is lawful good. He is, yeah, yeah. Paragon. That, that, Paragon for life, bro. Mm-hmm. This guy never does a bad thing to anybody until he gets pushed to a certain extent. Like, he has emotions. Right. And, and some of those times, those emotions are very visceral, very real. And it's shit that you go, fuck, man, I would too. Like when Zod was about to kill his mom for finding the ship or whatever, Superman loses his fucking mind and starts punching the shit out of him. We get a Dragon Ball Z fight. Right. As if it w- there weren't enough Dragon Ball Z uh, allusions you could make. Well, Dragon Ball ripped off Superman. No, I, I know. I know. that. That's what I was pretty much. <laughs> so... <laughs> And and don't tell me we can't have a Dragon Ball Z live action because I saw Man of Steel. We can do. What are you talking about? We had the best Dragon Ball live. We action We don't talk movie. about evolution. What are you talking, talking about? about? His hair was perfect. <laughs> Terribly miscast. I want an Asian. No, sorry. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes, one hundred percent. But continue. Look, I'm sorry. So, I feel that with modern Superman, you have different options to intake your Superman media. You have your comics, with which are written by different people. There's an excellent Tom King book going on right now. Well, I'm, excuse me, not excellent. I've read one issue. 
but it does get to him. Bendis is still writing. Um, and you have, <laughs> and you have really good animated movies right now. They're just starting again the universe mm-hmm. because they did Apocalypse War and it was kind of wacky the way they ended it. And we're having Superman Man of Tomorrow as its first movie in this new universe. Yeah. Then you have um, the potential movies that are supposedly going to come out because allegedly now we're getting talks that Shazam 2 is going to have Superman as a side character to like mentor Billy Batson. Well, he, was ru- a, he was in Shazam 1. Wink, wink. But like that's a rumor that that's going on. And mm-hmm. then you have also potentially... Um, that the Snyder cut is going to be better than the original cut. Uh, but I'm it, saying potentially no, and allegedly. Right, I'm right. using very, very broad terms. Right. But at the end of the day, I think any version of Superman is good to a certain amount of people. And it just matters what type of Superman you want. You go looking for it. If you want a specific Superman, there's a media for it. Mm-hmm. And right now, we had the Reeves Superman. And we've had many iterations in the small screen that the big screen is going to have one version Mm -hmm. and the small screen is going to have another because Supergirl had a different Superman. And that Superman is more to what Bone King wants. Yes, yes. I was about to say, yes. And that Superman's getting his own spinoff show. Yeah. He's getting Superman and Lois. So you're going to have your Superman. It's just you got to go find it. Mm -hmm. And that is the end of my closing statement. And I think that's very fair because I think the thing is, is I, I want you win again. I want the animated. Well, probably who knows? Because th- this is a mistrial, though, in a way, because it's not so much that like one of us is right and one of us is wrong. It's kind of like we're taking process. We're, we're 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 looking at the current state of where Superman is and saying, is this a good place to stay, essentially? And that's where our argument lies. I would like to see the animated movie version of Superman and, you know, the version I kind of grew up with to take the live action scene because I found those to be more enjoyable. However, I see your viewpoint in saying that like, well, the movies have already had that kind of happy-go-lucky Superman, and this was supposed to be an opportunity for the more introspective Superman to come out, even though it was executed not the best way, that was the idea. And I understand that, but I think it was it did not turn out very well and we should go back. And that's where our opinions will differ, I feel. All right, you be the judge. Yes, you listening out there, uh, listen to all this madness that we just basically came up with, and you tell us uh, if Superman is guilty or not guilty of of being bad. No, uh, bad. Let us know whose argument you agree with the most over on the Fan Freaks Twitter. Um, we'll have both of our arguments over on a poll, and you just go ahead and select which one you like. Uh, and if you liked what you listened to on this show, why don't you check us out over on the Fan Freaks Facebook. That's F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fan Freaks. Or you can yell at us on Twitter. Um, I'm Bone King TV, and my buddy over here is... Uh, Adrian M-D-O-D, Masterful Dude of Doodliness. Also, hey, Robots Don't Age. Oh, shit. You're pitiful. <laughs> uh... What a miserable death for a miserable <laughs> bitch. Uh... <laughs> Bring it, Cody. It's on.
like pink? I like pink very much, Lois. 